the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He was afraid that God would not protect him. He was afraid that God would not be faithful to him. Sometimes we can do that, can't we? I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible. I believe all the promises of God are yes and amen. Every word of it is true. Every word of it's going to come to pass. And I walk by faith, not by sight. I even sing about it. But then we've got like this little backup plan, just in case it doesn't work out, just in case God doesn't come through. Throughout the book of Genesis, we read about men who had great faith and men who had great doubts. Though Abraham had great faith, sometimes he gave in to his fears. He let his doubt lead. So when God said go, Abraham did, but he also had a backup plan just in case God's didn't work out. In today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage you to not give in to your fears. Trust in the one who made you, for he goes before, preparing a place. The way may not always be easy, but in him it is sure. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. It's the first time God calls Abraham a prophet. Now, a prophet, if you don't know, a prophet represents God. A prophet speaks for God to man. And God calls Abraham a prophet for the first time here. Now, at this moment of all times, while Abraham is caught in a lie, while Abraham and Sarah have been deceptive and they're busted by Abimelech here, now, at this moment, God announces He's my prophet. He's my representative. And he's going to pray for you, Abimelech. I'm sure Abimelech probably thought, maybe I should pray for him. I don't want this guy praying for me. You know what this shows us? This shows us that God's not embarrassed by Abraham's failure. And he's not ashamed to associate with Abraham, a liar and deceiver. God is not attempting to to distance himself from Abraham. God doesn't say to Abimelech, listen, I don't really know Abraham very well. In fact, we've only talked a few times. We had one meal together, and that's the extent of our relationship. Uh, Abraham does not represent me or what I believe or my values or what I stand for. He doesn't do anything like that. He doesn't cancel him. No, God says, he's my prophet. No shame at all. No embarrassment at all. Hey, Abimelech, He's my prophet. He's my representative. And he's going to pray for you. I love this. Abraham was still God's man in spite of his failure. In spite of his lying. In spite of his deceptiveness. In spite of his disobedience. In spite of being a bad representative of God. 
God's relationship with Abraham didn't change. God's calling on Abraham's life didn't change. God's opinion of Abraham didn't change because of Abraham's failure. God's opinion of you and me doesn't change because we fail. God's opinion of you and me doesn't change because we sin. Doesn't change because sometimes we misrepresent him and we're a bad witness for him. His love for you doesn't change. His commitment to you doesn't change. His call upon your life doesn't change. Even when we fail, even when we fail, God would still say, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's my disciple. That's my representative in this world. I love him. I love her. It doesn't affect it. It doesn't change. If you're in Christ, your standing with God is not changed by your failures. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can change God's love for us. Don't you think he knew when he called you, when he called me, that we were failures? Don't you think that he knew that? He did. He knew what he was getting when he called us. It's no surprise to him. Now, that's, don't get me wrong, it's not a license to sin. But just because you fail and I fail, and just because sometimes we're a really bad witness, and we do things that are just wrong, it doesn't change our standing with God. And it doesn't change his love for us. So Abimelech rose early, verse 8. You remember he had this dream at night. He wakes up early in the morning. I bet he did. God appeared to him, spoke to him. So Abimelech rose early in the morning. He called all of his servants and told all of these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. It's hard to be rebuked by a non-believer for your behavior, isn't it? And Abimelech is totally right here. He's totally right. Now watch verse 10. Watch what he says here. And this is important. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view that you have done this thing? Or your translation might say, What did you see? What did you see that caused you to do this? Abraham, what did you see when you came into my kingdom... What did you see that made you lie to me and deceive me? That's a good question for Abimelech to ask. When you came into my kingdom, what did you see that caused you to do this? There must have been something that you saw that made you fear for your life and lie about your wife and sin against me the way that you did and jeopardize my life. So tell me what it was that you saw when you came walking into town. Now look at Abraham's answer, verse 11. And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my life. Abraham didn't see anything that caused him to do this. Abraham thought, thought in his mind. Abraham did this because he thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of of my wife. Listen to me. It was all in Abraham's head. It was all in his imagination. He didn't see anything when he got to town that was a cause for concern. 
It was all in his imagination. This is all just what he thought. It wasn't because of anything he saw or anything that actually happened or anything that he actually experienced. It was just in his, his imagination. And because of his imagination, he prejudged the people of Gerar and concluded, they don't know the Lord, they're non-believers, therefore they're probably killers, right? I mean, they must be murderers. My life's in danger because they don't know God. He assumed the worst of the people of Gerar instead of the best. He lied and he deceived the king. He put his wife's life in danger. He put God's plan in danger. He was a bad witness for God. All because of something he imagined. You know, he drives this whole thing into the ditch. All because of his imagination. All because of something he thought. Now, how often do we let our thoughts and imagination run wild? And we start acting on our thoughts and not on facts. And we act on what we think instead of what we see. Or what we imagine instead of what is real. And what is reality and what is true. And we start making assumptions. And we think the worst and not the best. You know, in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it tells us that we should take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Not just your imagination. Well, these people don't know the Lord. They might be killers. They might kill me and take my wife. And I need to lie. And what's true? What's true is nothing's happened to you. No one's threatened to kill you. No one's threatened to kill you and take your wife. None of that's true. None of that's happened. None of that's real. Fix your thoughts on what is true and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Now, he goes on in verse 12 to say, but indeed... And he's kind of justifying himself here, justifying his lie or trying to. Indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. She's my half-sister. So it's true. She is my sister. She's my half-sister. I'm not completely lying when I say she's my sister. That's half-true. You know, it's been said a half-truth told with the intention of deceiving is a whole lie. The Bible condemns lying and deceit. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments is you shall not bear false witness. One of the big ten. In First Peter chapter 3, verse 10, it says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. If you want to have a good life, don't be deceptive. Don't be a liar. Now watch verse 13. To me, verse 13 uh, is the most revealing verse in the whole chapter about Abraham and, and what is going on with him and this lying thing. Verse 13, and it came to pass, this is Abraham speaking, explaining why he did this. And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, you should underline that, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said to Sarah, this is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, he's my brother. Do you see what verse 13 is saying here? What Abraham says? Abraham says, when Abraham and Sarah left their home in Ur of the Chaldees, at that point when they left Ur of the Chaldees, he asked Sarah to say of him, he's my brother. So 
Whenever they traveled, wherever they traveled, and people asked Sarah, she said Abraham was her brother, and Abraham said Sarah was his sister, and they didn't tell people they were married. From the time they left Ur of the Chaldees, as they're pulling out of the driveway in Ur of the Chaldees to start this great adventure with God, going on faith, trusting the Lord. God's got these great plans for us. Oh, by the way, honey, do you mind? Everywhere we go, everyone we talk to, don't tell them we're married. Tell them that I'm your brother and you're my sister. 25 years ago, you know, the Bible records two occasions where Abraham lied about Sarah. Here with Abimelech back in chapter 12 with Pharaoh. But I'm sure that it happened more than two times. I mean, think about it. Think about it. As often as they met someone... Abraham introduced Sarah as his sister. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Sarah introduced Abraham as her brother. You can imagine everyone they met. They carried out this lie. 25 years. 25 years. So Abraham and Sarah, Abraham's the father of faith, right? And they, you know, God appears to him in Ur of the Chaldees, this God that he doesn't know, and tells him to leave his family and leave his homeland. A very amazing call that God puts on his life. Very scary thing to do in some ways. And Abraham goes out on faith, trusting God. He leaves everything behind Everything he's ever known, he walks away from it, he leaves, he goes on faith. And Hebrews 11 says he goes to a place where he didn't know where he was going to. God didn't tell him, he just goes. God's directing his steps, he's leading him to this promised land. He's believing God, he's, he's trusting God. But listen, Abraham didn't trust God completely. He didn't trust God completely. He didn't believe God would protect him. Now, again, not because of anything that happened, but it was all in his mind, all in his imagination. On one hand, Abraham was this man of great faith, but on the other hand, he doesn't have faith at all. And so what Abraham does is he kind of creates this backup plan. He's going on faith, he's trusting God, he's believing God's promises. Wow, amazing. But at the same time, he's got this little backup plan that he's created. Just in case anybody asks, you say you're my sister. And we're not married. Because he was afraid. He was afraid that God would not protect him. He was afraid that God would not be faithful to him. Sometimes we can do that, can't we? I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible. I believe all the promises of God are yes and amen. Every word of it is true. Every word of it's going to come to pass. And I walk by faith, not by sight. I even sing about it. But then we've got like this little backup plan, just in case it doesn't work out. Just in case God doesn't come through. And on one hand, we've got great faith. On the other hand, we've got no faith at all. It's like Abraham. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen to me. Here's, uh, Abraham has been living in fear of something that's not even real. 
for 25 years of his life. He's been living in fear of something that is not real for 25 years. Something that was just his imagination. And his wife Sarah, his wife, has had to lie for him. To cover for him for 25 years. This has been part of their marriage. For 25 years, she's covering for him. And his insecurity and his, his fear. So for 25 years, they've lived under this cloud of fear. They've lived with all of this deception and lying with everyone they've met. I mean, you, this has affected their marriage. This has affected their marriage, their home. You know, God doesn't want us to live under a cloud of fear. God doesn't want us to live under a cloud of fear. He doesn't want us to live in bondage to fear. Especially when it's just something that we've imagined. It's not even rooted in truth or reality or something that is real. It's just something that we've created in our minds. And we've let our imaginations run wild. And we create this thing where now it's controlling. It's controlling your life for years. Where now your spouse, your family, they've got to cover for you. They've got to lie about you. And what's really going on to cover it? Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 17 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross to set captives free, to break the chains, to free us from our fear and from bondage of every kind. Maybe your bondage isn't fear. Maybe you're bound up by something else that controls your life. Something that you've imagined that's not necessarily real. Jesus Christ came to set us free and break our chains. The Bible says whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. So then, verse 14, Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male and female servants, and he gave them to Abraham. And he gave Sarah, his wife, to him as well. And Abimelech said... See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. And in your Bible, next to those two verses, you can write, What? Abimelech doesn't say to Abraham, You get out of here, you lying scumbag. Can't believe you would do that to me and deceive me. Oh, he blesses him. He gives him all of these goods, you know, and, 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 and livestock and servants. And, and he says, you, you can live wherever you want to live in my land. Abraham comes out of this thing richer. He's lying. He's deceptive. And he's richer. (laughs) Why does Abimelech give Abraham all these riches? You know what this is called? Grace. Grace. And again, we look at it and we say, what? You should be chasing him out of town. But instead he blesses him. Abraham doesn't deserve a blessing. It's grace. Abimelech is showing grace. The word grace means undeserved kindness or undeserved generosity. And we talk about God's grace in our life. It's undeserved. He blesses us. He's good to us. He's faithful to us. He provides for us. And we don't deserve it. You know, people could look at you and me and say, what? Why would God bless that person? Why would God be good to him or her? Abimelech is showing grace to Abraham, undeserved kindness. 
And by doing this, what he is communicating to Abraham is forgiveness. I forgive you. And, and, not, and it's complete forgiveness. It's I have forgiven you and it's forgotten and it's behind us. How do I know? Because he says, here, I'm going to bless. Here's all of these things I'm going to give you. You can live wherever you want. Right? That it's truly forgiven and forgotten. It's not forgiven, but I know you're a liar and I don't trust you. Please leave. It's I, I forgive you. I have forgotten your sin. And here, I'm going to bless you now. And that's how God deals with us. He forgives us of our sins. He forgets our sins. He doesn't forgive us and then say, I don't trust you. Because I know who you are and I know what you're like. I don't trust you. So I'm going to keep you at a distance. No, he forgives us. He forgets our sins completely. And then he removes our sins and he blesses us and he's gracious to us, which is just evidence that he really has forgiven us and forgotten our sins. Because with Abraham, he is showing uh, just an unbelievable amount of trust in Abraham, even though Abraham has demonstrated that he's not trustworthy. Abimelech is showing great trust and confidence in Abraham, despite what just happened here. It's forgiveness and it's forgotten. So it says in verse 16, we're almost finished now. Then to Sarah, he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. I wonder if there was a tone of sarcasm when he said this, that of your your husband, I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus, she was rebuked. Now, this phrase here, yours might be a little bit worded differently in your Bible, this phrase in Verse 16, indeed, this vindicates you before all. This phrase, it literally means, it is to you a covering of the eyes. Meaning, listen, it means everyone is now blind to what happened here. Everyone is now blind to what happened here. No one can see what you did. No one can see what you did. Again, your sin is forgiven and your sin is forgotten. And this is exactly what Jesus Christ does for us with our sin. The blood of Jesus Christ completely removes our sin so that our sin is no longer seen by God. The Bible says our sin has been removed far from us, as far as the east is from the west, and God remembers our sins no more. So if you're in Christ, God sees you as blameless in his sight, just as if you've never sinned ever, ever at all. And your sin is not seen anymore. God is now blind to what happened. This restoration that is happening here with Abimelech and giving all of these gifts and blessings to Abraham and Sarah, it is a way of communicating again, hey, what happened here is completely removed and gone. And I'm demonstrating that by all of these blessings I'm bestowing upon you. No one can see what you did. It's forgotten. And so Abraham prayed to God. Remember, he's the prophet. He's the one that's going to pray for Abimelech. And God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children. Having children was a big deal in that culture. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah Abraham's wife. If you remember, as part of the covenant that God made with Abraham, God promised to bless those who bless Abraham. 
Abimelech blessed Abraham, and so God blessed Abimelech with children. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.